Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring at me through the screen here is Daniel. Hello, hello. Sorry. <laughs> Daniel's already got his drinking going on there. So today, Thanks. we are doing a top 10 list, top 10 favorite movies from childhood. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's go down memory lane. Cheers. Cheers. Okie dokie. All right. I am very excited for today's episode. This is going to be a lot of fun. I had a real good time putting my list together. Uh, let's see. Before we get started here, open up my beer here. I'm drinking a German Pilsner. It's a crawler, and they didn't write the uh, the name of it. So the you're name like, of it on the can. So I'm like, German. it's by somebody. <laughs> Pretty I, good, though. I just, have, I just have the tried and true Elysian Space Dust. I used to drink this all the time and i just took a really long break from it because i what? drank it all the time that stuff's good though it is that's I my like favorite it. so just have one of these today classic mm. solid beer well shall we just get into it daniel yeah we're gonna skip movie news and other stuff we saw this week and i think we should just get straight into it and start talking some top 10 favorites from childhood so how was it going about making your list it was a little easier than i thought it would be because, like, I mean, lucky for me, my childhood's a little bit closer than yours. <laughs> so, think it's actually, back. it was also kind of easier because a lot of these movies I revisited this past like year or so when the lockdowns hit. We watched so many movies. We, I actually rewatched a lot of these movies that I put on the list. Oh, nice. Which also helped influence it because, like, when I was rewatching, like, oh man, these movies really still hold up. Like, some of them do, some of them don't but i also didn't watch the ones that i i mean some of them are pretty obvious that it wouldn't hold up past a childhood it was last week making the list i rewatched i think at least one of them that's on the list and a lot of scenes from other ones okay i kind of just remind myself some things but yeah this was kind of tough i think i narrowed it down to like 16 pretty easy but what was going to make that top 10 like making the top five i knew what i wanted but those other five what what was going to make it and not make that top the rest of those it was it was tough yeah when i started i had like just listing stuff off like i got like a good like eight eight to eleven and then i looked up like oh like popular like kids movies from the 2000s i'm like there's got to be some weird shit in here that i just completely forgot about you know and you know, I found a bunch in there. So I'm like, okay, I got it to about almost around 20 before I started willing it down. That was hard because it was really hard. Like it was easy to get the 10, but to or like not it was semi-difficult to get to 10, but after like trying to actually put them in any sort of order, I'm like, that's where I was like, okay, well, well, I really like this movie because it's good and you know, I, re- I really love the story. I love the animation. And then I watched it in my adult life and it holds up. So I want it up here. But I'm just like, but how can I put that up over this? But eh. yeah, that part was tough. I, I mostly focus on movies between zero and 10 because I, I know we're doing childhood like zero to 12. I mostly focus on zero to 10. What I really captured me in those years. But some of the ones that are on the list didn't come out till like 93, 94 towards the end of that. Right. But, I don't know. This will be fun. So do you think any crossovers uh i'm gonna say two i bet you i bet you we got two i'm looking at it i'm thinking two like that that's exactly what i was about to say two crossovers all right this will be guaranteed only two all right well pretty much guaranteed 
let's get into it. Who wants to start? I'll start. Do you want to start? I mean, yeah, I'm kind I'll of curious because we always have different philosophies of how we go about the list with the same criteria. Okay, so number 10 for me. This movie came out in 1974. Now, I say everything I'm talking about we had on good old VHS. <laughs> this movie is about a heartwarming, adventurous tale about a boy and his quest for his own red bone hound hunting dogs. The movie is called Where the Red Fern Grows. Uh, do you remember watching this movie at all? I don't think I've ever actually seen that movie. Wow, yeah. I don't remember how old I was when we got this movie, but I watched that VHS tape so many times. I was just captured and, you know, captivated by just the whole back in the era farmland, because this took place during the Great Depression in Oklahoma. And I just captivated by the whole farmland, just a boy's just adventure, just to go out and fish by the lake if he wanted to, or the river, or go off here and just go hunting, just whatever he wanted to do. I mean, he went everywhere barefoot too it's kind of crazy because he does go down the river to another town over to pick up his dogs and he walks there barefoot like there's one part where he's walking through the town and he's just completely barefoot everybody else is wearing shoes and well-dressed and they're kind of looking at him funny like where's this kid from but i watched it this last week and my gosh did it bring back so many memories but yeah i will say i, I loved it as a kid and then in junior high we'd read the book and in some ways that ruined the movie for me because that was my, I think my first experience of like the book is packed with so much more information and story. And that, you're like, well, why wouldn't they put that in the movie? It's still exactly, so cool. exactly. So I, did, I just didn't understand like, oh, Hollywood production good. quite yet. And but yeah, I was, I remember in junior high reading the book and watching the movie again, and like, oh, it kind of ruins it because there's so much more to the backstory and stuff. That oh man, but. I had a good time. I totally forgot there was a kid that dies in this movie, so it gets a little dark at one point. Bully kid gets tripped and falls on an axe and kills himself. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. But still a heartfelt and movie. And as a kid, you're just like, I hope that happens to my bully. Yeah, right? Well, yeah. There's probably, by the time I was in junior high, some fantasies of that. Anyway. <laughs> great movie though you know it's got what i like about it too it's got great lessons on delayed gratification and if you want something you got to earn it just good stuff like that it's very heartfelt the last 10 minutes are just sad though i forgot just how sad the last 10 minutes of this movie are but yeah it was fun to revisit but yeah that is my number 10 where the red fern grows dang sounds like a pretty dark kids movie yeah pretty lighthearted overall but just has a dark moment Sounds and dark. Where kid end. gets his head cut open with an axe. Well, yeah, it's a pretty dead. abrupt dark moment. Well, it's kind of crazy because <laughs> him and his brother were fighting the kid Billy, and they've got they had their own dog, and his Billy's two hound dogs are fighting their dog, and they realize, oh my gosh, his dogs are kicking our dog's ass. So he grabs the axe out of Billy's pocket or you know holster thing and he's right. gonna go like i'm gonna kill those hound dogs and he, so billy grabs him by the ankle and then yeah next thing you know the kid trips and just acts right to the face kills himself damn there's a they cut to the kid's funeral you get the of course rain coming down you got the parents looking at each other getting into their you know buggies from across the way the mom's looking at each other with like these dark glares like your kid killed my boy <laughs> Yeah. Okay. But anyway, that was my number ten, though. Where the red fern grows. Okay. 
my number 10, a lot different than that. Way different. I mean, mine came out in 2004 when I was 10, give or take, 9, 10. 2004. Which I know. I think my newest, oh, oh, first of all is. my list, I think my newest one is 2004 because that makes sense. That's essentially like, that is my breaking point. Ooh, can I guess? And I didn't really try and do that. I just like, as when you said the, uh, the name or like the year that when that I'm like, I've been, I just looked up all the ones to see what years those came out. But 2004, very bankable at the time actor, um, <laughs> Nicholas Cage made the greatest childhood adventure movie ever i mean not ever but i loved national treasure the oh, original yeah. 2004 i mean it's an awesome kids movie like i mean it's another one we watched more recently and it's still like yeah it's a little bit ridiculous but like damn this movie for especially like as a kid like the oldest i was was maybe 10 but it is such like a fun action-packed like adventure movie where they're trying to solve clues racing against the clock racing against like you know the his like rival who used to be his friend like it was just total like action movie trope after trope but i ate it up when i was a kid i loved this movie so much it's such it was it was it was crazy you had so much in like yeah it's a little ridiculous dialogue isn't super great but it was so much fun to watch as a kid. It was like one of those movies that when I, I'm sure when I watched it the first time, like this is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Oh, probably a 10. I, yeah. I honestly, I have never seen those movies still to this day. As an adult, passable, you know, especially with like a little bit of nostalgia, but I, I just remember loving this, even the second one. I didn't put the second one on here, but I put National Treasure because it came out like when I was a kid in middle school and damn, I love this movie. I mean, there's a huge movie. And I don't know. It's just like one of those ones that I was, I'm like, yeah, I, I didn't need, that was one of the ones that I didn't immediately put down on the list. But when I was like reading, like looking at movies that kind of came out around when I was a kid, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a big one. Like that would be a good one to put Indiana that. Jones for your generation or something or for your it, era. I mean, kind of like it was a globe trotting adventure. Yeah. See, that's awesome. You know, at least all across the U.S. Just for that John Williams music. Yeah. So number 10 is National Treasure. All right. And I will say for me, um, this is a spoiler. I don't have Star Wars on my list. Here's why. Because I didn't watch those till I was, I think, 11, 12. It was more, that was more junior high when I became obsessed with those movies. For some reason, our parents did not introduce us to Star Wars till later. No idea why. It's like they almost forgot those movies existed. And they're like, oh, yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, you probably love those. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's, yeah, no Star Wars on my list. Spoiler. <laughs> okay. Well, right. if we're throwing that out there, I also didn't put Star Wars on my list simply because of all the things. I, I immediately thought about A New Hope, especially. But I'm just like, Star Wars has kind of always been around. Like, it's kind of like, I don't like have a memory of when I was introduced to it. It just feels like it's always been there. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just let that one go. So I'm like, it feels like Star Wars has just always been a constant, Mm -hmm. you know, it just like just exists. Everybody knows about it. Okay. Cause I'm sure you got exposed way earlier than I did. So I did. I did watch them when I was a kid. All right. Well, moving on here. So number nine for me, my ninth film came out in 1968. 
It's about a man with 10 kids who falls in love with a woman with eight. Then they get married and have one more. So I'll let you do the math on that. My number nine is Yours, Mine, and Ours, starring Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda. And I got to say, this is probably one of my favorite comedies ever, is Yours, Mine, and Ours, the original. So much fun. I, we used to borrow this VHS tape from the grandparents all the time. You'd think our parents would just buy one already, but borrowed yeah. from the grand, grandma blockbuster all the time. Loved it so much. Just laughed my ass off. What's great about this movie, too, is the writing and the humor is so well written. It's so sharp. So there's so much innuendo thrown in there that right over kids' heads. But adults right. get it and just laugh hysterically. And then as you get older as a kid, you're like, oh, that's what that meant. Okay, okay. That's, that's pretty funny. What what a fantastic film. This this movie to this day probably is one of my favorite drunk scenes ever in it. It's when the boys put too much alcohol in the their soon-to-be stepmom's drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's trying to make a good family impression. Instead, she ends up getting really drunk. I'm hungry! Monica. Bless us, oh Lord. <laughs> Pardon me. And these thy gifts, which we are about to receive. <laughs> Pardon me. From thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. You all right? Oh, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Well, I love that. I especially love that scene because, yeah, it's all of them independently pouring in a little bit more alcohol because they're like, oh, we'll just give her a little bit. And then they each, like, when the other one turns the back, one another one sneaks over and just like, oh, just a little bit more. Yeah. Great, great sequence. Yeah, another funny scene that I love, too, is when they are on their first date and they go to the Irish coffee bar and everything going on from her fake eyelid coming off to her skirt coming down. Your Irish coffee is winking at me. <laughs> Just hysterical all around. But yeah, that, that's my number nine, yours, mine, and ours. And yeah, Henry Fonda and Lucia Ball, are they have such great chemistry in this movie. They're so great together. It is a classic. Well, my number nine came out in 2000 um i don't know how else to hype this up but my number nine is chicken run <laughs> starring i always forget the roosters mel gibson oh, i was thinking that chicken little chicken run the uh, claymation yeah mel gibson julia swalla and miranda richardson that's Fucking a good movie chicken though run. it's been too long since i've seen that it's been a while since I've seen it too, but I just love this. I mean, I've always loved watching Claymation. I always thought like it looked so cool. Like our parents, uh, especially, you know, me and Kylie, I'm not sure about you and Lauren, but they definitely showed, we watched a lot of Wallace and Gromit. I watched those three short Wallace and Gromit films all the oh, time. Yeah, and I remember watching those a lot too. I it thought about putting them on the list, but I didn't know if short films counted. I that's why I put Chicken Run because I'm like I love that movie too but I wanted to put like Wallace and Ron essentially made the honorable mention just because it's three short films and not necessarily one movie it's the wrong trousers but I mean even though they did come out with a full movie too when I was still relatively young the wear rabbit the wear rabbit yeah but Chicken Run always cracked me up and I haven't watched it in years which I know there's probably just a smack ton of like adult humor that i didn't catch 
but I just remember watching this movie constantly because I loved cartoons, I loved claymation, and I loved Wallace and Gromit. And this was kind of like since Wallace and Gromit didn't have like a full movie at the time, at least I watched this and. I still love it. I remember watching the behind the scenes. Like that was probably one of the first claymations that I watched behind the scenes of how they actually just like make it move. And I thought it was just the coolest thing. So I put Chicken Run. It's number nine on my list. Nice. Uh, I feel good. like it definitely, it probably holds up. Or at least I hope it holds up, but I would like to watch it again. Yeah, I'd like to see that one again as well. I think it'd be, it's been a long, long time since I've seen that. This one, all right. So my my number eight here. This was hard not to have higher on the list, but there's just so much good stuff coming coming down the pipeline here. I don't remember seeing this in theaters. Maybe I did. It came out in 1989, so I would have been six. This next one here is about two teenagers, as well as the teens next door, accidentally get shrunk by their dad's shrinking machine, and they have to venture through the backyard to get back to the house. Number eight, honey, I shrunk the kids. Classic. Yeah, we had this one on VHS, and I watched this one constantly. Loved it so much. I uh, just love just everything about it, uh, from the, the concept of the movie, just the adventure the kids go on in the yard to where they, how they turn things like ants and scorpions into something, you know, like monsters. Even the, the sequence of the sprinkler system going and all the rain just pouring down was just loved all of that so much. Yeah, I was just so fascinated as a kid, you know, just everything from the inventions and just cool machines, machine that shrinks stuff. That's so cool. Just even the opening credit sequence is great. It's a cartoon for the opening credits. It's got James yeah. Horner. James Horner is one of my all-time classic favorite composers. He's fantastic. Or I mean, he does a fantastic job composing this whole soundtrack, the whole score to this movie. Rick Moranis is just, you know, what's there not like about Rick Moranis? But yeah. Again, yeah, just one, one of my favorite movies as a kid. Just the adventure they go on in their yard, all the, just the relationship, you know. I think what I like about it too is it's kind of like neighbor kids versus neighbor kids, but by the end, they're all friends. Yeah, so at the end, they're like, well, we don't want to die down here. Right, but they still, they still become friends where you can tell, like, afterwards, they're going to hang out a lot more. I mean, they got that great family, family dinner after at the very end. Yeah. You're right. It's family against family. It's pa- their parents hate each other. Mm-hmm. The kids hate each other. <laughs> but just a super fun adventure. I was yeah. I love this so much. Watch it all the time. Yeah, that is my number eight. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yeah, directed by Joe Johnson too, who did the first Captain America. Really? Mm-hmm. That's freaking crazy. Uh, one of my favorite parts too is when they sleep in a Lego. <laughs> Spend the night in a Lego. I forgot about that. Okay. Well, my number eight uh, is something that, like, I had to include at least one of these on here. I included the only one that I actually owned a DVD copy of as a kid. You know? Um, But I put in Pokemon 2000, which was the Uh. second theatrical Pokemon movie. Whoa. Uh, which is funny. It came out in 1999, but it's called Pokemon 2000. Really. But I put this down because not only did I re I revisited this one last year with Gavin and Kyle, or Shiloh. Um, I used to watch this movie a lot too because I loved Pokemon. Like Pokemon's like something that I had to include because I watched so much of this as a kid 
from because the anime pretty much hit in the u.s like it came out in the u.s at like in 1998 you know i still remember like i'd come home from like preschool kindergarten and just like four o'clock boom on my ass in front of the tv for like an hour of pokemon (laughs) Uh... and i i remember specifically like i'd go or if i get home before that you know i would specifically remember just going out and playing outside and then at 355 mom would call me in for my show and she would every day i'd go and play outside then i'd come inside and i'd watch pokemon and then i go do whatever else your pokemon are on but yeah seriously i still and i specifically remember where for some reason i don't know why i decided this but i just remember one day i remember this because it still revolves completely around pokemon i got home from school and for some reason instead of going outside and playing maybe it was rainy that day but what i did was well pokemon's on at four so what i did is i sat down in front of the tv it was off wasn't even on and i just stared at the vcr clock for an hour until it turned to four o'clock and i still remember the feeling of that feeling like an eternity and i don't know why i did it and i never did it before or like never did it before never did it after that because it was so unbelievably like painful just that that one day (laughs) just that one day for some reason like no i'm not gonna play i'm just gonna sit here and watch the literally watch every minute go by stare time will go by quicker until pokemon's on yeah i completely missed that show as far as like it was just i was just just at that point of being too old for it when it launched yeah otherwise there's a possibility i might have been sucked into that too who knows yeah i mean there is a decent possibility that even you being in high school when that was going on like you had a game boy if one of your friends were like hey jordan you you should check out this game you know, you probably could have gotten sucked in, but it just just missed you. Just didn't happen. But yeah, I had to put it because that's qu- like Pokemon is quintessential to my childhood, and I used to watch that movie a lot. Oh yeah, I don't think I ever watched the movie with you, but I remember you watching the movie. I at least saw a few. Of, I think I saw at least the first one and the second. I think Dad took me to go see both of them in theaters. Oh nice. Oh, awesome. All right, so for number seven here. So growing up, we definitely had you know our share of Disney VHSs down in the cabinet. Had everything from Little Mermaid, The Jungle Book, Oliver and Company, Peter Pan, Pinocchio, uh, you name it. But I, so I almost had The Jungle Book on here because I did watch The Jungle Book all the time. Loved that cartoon so much. However, in 1992, you I would say up until that point, that was my favorite of the Disney movies cartoon wise however in 1992 jungle book was dethroned by can you guess 1992 yep it's not lion king is it nope one more guess oh my god i know i should know this but it's not you said 1992 and i can't nothing's coming to mind come on daniel you got the jungle book what what better disney cartoon It did not come out in the 90s. No. <laughs> Aladdin. Oh, du- oh my God. Jeez. Aladdin came out in 1992. And oh, man, it was I like, hooked on that one from the start. I think I might we might have even gone and seen that one a couple times in theaters. 
I love that I'm movie sure. so much. That's just everything from the story to the songs, the music, everything. The humor, Robin Williams as the genie, great voice acting there. Just so much fun. I love this movie so much. Of course, we had the uh, Super Nintendo game, too. <laughs> so my proudest gaming moments. Being it in one life? Yeah, before brunch, because you didn't believe me. You bet me five bucks, and I made five bucks before we ate brunch. You're right. I didn't believe it all. Yeah, I was. <laughs> that was more down the road. That might have but... even Jordan. That might have been even one of the good days where the TV had sound. <laughs> Did it not have sound sometimes? I don't we I that specifically that run, it was the TV that they used to have on the filing cabinet, like the little shitty brown one that. Every once in a while, you would turn it on, it would have sound, but most of the time, it would be no sound, and that's what you had the Super Nintendo hooked up to. Oh, I don't remember. You don't remember? No, I don't remember that. I remember going from that to the 27-inch boob tube, like the Panasonic one or something. Yeah, well, we had that really crappy, like, uh, bunny ears antenna TV that didn't have sound but every once in a while you would turn it on and the sound would work so you just wouldn't want to turn the tv off uh, that I don't day the sound ever working oh that's funny but yeah i mean i watched this well before you're born i mean it was probably the following christmas i got this on vhs and i watched the crap out of aladdin i all the time was watching aladdin loved it so much loved just the again the characters were great jasmine was hot <laughs> you're like oh but you're like i really I like, I'm, I'm like the dangerous boy, Aladdin. I wish I could be him. He gets a, a princess and he gets to steal stuff. Yeah, and fly <laughs> on a carpet. I just kidnapped this girl Cause her midriff is sexy We are up here, now let's see If she'll rub my lamp tonight I'll pork this girl As long as that's okay long-faced dudes or family feuds to keep us both from porking. You'll pork this girl. Your sentient rug can watch us too. Even though you're a fraud, I like that bud. So I'll enjoy an airborne pork with you. You are so much hotter than a All right, but that's my number seven there, Aladdin. Okay. All right. Well, my number seven um, comes in. Is this movie I still very much enjoy, and I watch it at least once a year because it's like an amazing comfort movie slash just like I still love the adventure aspect of it, and. It still cracks me up. The humor cracks me up. Like everything about this movie just works. I'm talking, of course, about Johnny Depp's Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, nice. 2003. I'm like, I thought of that movie and I'm like, I don't know. That probably came out like after the age, you know, that we had said we were going to try and cut it off around 10. And then I'm like, oh my God, that movie came out in 2003. Way longer ago than I remember. But damn, I, I mean, this movie hit too, obviously. Like it's still an ongoing franchise, at least I think it is. 
no there's idea talks about a new one coming out but talking about it you know it still like went for only a few years ago you know and i just still love this movie. i love johnny depp i love orlando bloom and Kira knightley like just this movie i mean i love pirates that's just like something i always was into i always thought it was cool and this movie just like pulled it off like this was like this was legitimately like when, when i saw this movie it's probably like one of those times from like this is one of the greatest things i've ever watched you know, especially as like a 10 year old. Um, but I mean, there's so much adventure, there's mythology, like there's pretty much everything, unless you like just hate pirates outright, there's something for everybody in the movie, I think. Like, it's just such a fun romp. The characters are amazing. It's what makes the movie. And it just, it's still, I still love watching it. I still legitimately enjoy watching this movie. I haven't seen these movies in so long. I only watched the first three, I think, ever. I only ever rewatched the first one. <laughs> been so long. I've seen like up to four, and then it just kind of falls off for me. So, but yeah, good stuff. That I mean, I remember loving that first one when it came out. I think everybody did. Everybody's like, "Holy!" You're crap, like, "Oh my Johnny god!" It's Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and I for me, I was like, I like this guy before he's a pirate. He was in way awesome stuff before this you're like this Ed is Wood, bullshit Ed I'm surprised you could have been a teenager going the other way just like this is bullshit man I want to see him do more indie films like Tim Burton yeah moving on to my number six here so my number six came out in 1968 a down on his luck inventor turns a broken down Grand Prix car into a fancy vehicle for his children and they go off on a magical adventure any ideas what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> talking about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, starring I, Dick uh, Van Dyke. Oh, you, Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. <laughs> this was probably, for the longest time, the only musical I liked. It wasn't too big into musicals, but I loved Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I love the songs in this movie. Everything from the Chitty song itself to Toot Sweets. Toot Sweets. Toot sweets the candies you whistle the whistles you eat this is probably the first like two and a half plus hour movie i ever watched too where i would watch it consistently too i love this really that long yeah damn it's a long it's a long one i need to revisit that one it's so good i mean again i was captivated by like the gadgets you know because Professor Potts was an inventor and yeah, he would just go off, had all this, he had his cool garage barn with all these gadgets, his hair cutting machine, which that is a great sequence in that movie. I love that when he takes it to the fair. <laughs> great moment there. Um, yeah, the hit breakfast machine in the house that makes everybody sausage and eggs. <laughs> Spoiler, not the, not the only movie on my list with a breakfast making machine. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, oh my gosh, this movie it was so great. I mom probably loved it too because like, all right, two and a half hour movie. I can get some stuff done around the house. Yeah, literally he's <laughs> like, he's not gonna bother me. I yeah. thought he would, but he never does. Yeah. Oh gosh. No, there's so many great moments in this movie from you remember the thieves? The freaking child snatchers. No, not the child snatcher. Although that guy's hilarious too. That guy creeped me the hell out, but I still remember like watching it like when I was a little older, children, never realizing that the uh, the king is just like 
very obviously trying to kill his wife. Yeah, that's constantly. a great sequence. You're my little chuchy face. My little, my little face. But yeah, like three or four damn. different attempts at killing her and like, ah, missed. <laughs> and when he finally gets her through the trap door. <laughs> Chuchi face. And you're my teddy bear. Together, Together we're so great but uh such a, that's one i really need to go back and revisit it's such a classic i remember i think last time i watched it was probably 10 years ago now we went and saw it in the park movies in the park did we really you, yeah you, yeah you i think you were there mom and i went i think you and kylie went maybe that sounds like something we would have gone there was one summer and it definitely wasn't that long ago because i was over 21 because i remember bringing us beer when we saw like raiders of the lost ark there's one summer that we like hit a like a, a theater or a park movie like almost like every other week yeah yeah but yeah that's my that's my number six there chitty chitty bang bang yeah it's such a good movie so many great songs just everything yeah that was one where actually I so it's ian fleming together with the bond series i went oh, and tried yeah. reading that book and that's one where i th- thought the book was worse than the movie because i was like well this is all out of out of order what the heck this doesn't follow the movie at all <laughs> like this book not quite there this book sucks i'm going back to the movie <laughs> this movie kicks ass and then you like years later he's like the author hated the movie it bastardized his work probably like turned into a musical but uh it's so good i actually rewatched uh the old bamboo part and dick van dyke is a comic genius that guy is so great <laughs> I feel bad because every time I start to sing the old bamboo in my head, like even when we were just talking about it, the old bamboo, it always turns into the Family Guy parody of a bag of weed. Now everybody gather round and listen if you would. When I tell you every person needs a way of feeling good. Every kitty needs a ball of string and every dog a stick. But all you need is a bag of weed to really get a kick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. A bag of weed, a bag of weed. Oh, everything is better with a bag of weed. It's the only help that you'll ever need because everything is better with a bag of weed. There you go. You're all getting it now. That's another thing, it, too. I think at least on a couple of movies we've talked about, Family Guys definitely parried him. Yeah. All right. Well, number six for me. Nice. Well, my number six is quintessential Disney, classic Disney. Um, also the most cheaply, like one of the most cheap Disney movies ever produced. But I loved this movie as a kid. And it kind of like cemented like why I love like an Archer character so much. Like there's always something about a bow and arrow that I just think is the coolest thing ever in video game characters and like movie characters, even though everybody hates Hawkeye, I'm like, well, he's pretty cool because he uses a bow, you know? But 1973, Robin Hood. Nice. Freaking love this movie so much. 
Yeah, that was always a classic from the favorite of mine too. The animation, even though now like knowing that like it was just like a lot of reused animatics for most of the movie from different things, but I still love this movie. I love the characters. I mean, obviously Robin Hood is one of my, he's probably my favorite Disney character ever. And I've loved, I've watched, I mean, I watched every Robin Hood I could, like Robin Hood, that Robin Hood movie I could after this one, like growing up, I was telling Shiloh about how I remember even specifically mom letting me watch like the, uh, the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves that had like, what's his name kevin costner kevin costner and also uh as a sheriff of nottingham it had alan rickman in it mm-hmm. and i still remember watching that and i was just like i can't believe she actually let me watch something like that when i was pretty young <laughs> like it's pretty it's pretty dark it's pretty violent <laughs> yeah but i loved it because i loved robin hood and it's just one of those movies that i think we had it on vhs and i just watched it constantly my favorite, like if I got to choose a movie, I usually chose that one, at least for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those fun ones to go revisit. Cause yeah, it, I think it still holds up. It's like, been yeah, a it's... long time since I've seen that one. I, but yeah, that was also, I forgot to list it off earlier when I was listening off Disney movies. That was another one we watched too. I don't remember owning that one. Maybe we did by the time you were around. I, I think we had a VHS. Cause I didn't visit that one as much as like Jungle Book or Pinocchio, but yeah i like that one as well all right moving on here to the top five number five for me was definitely an essential part of my childhood this probably be up there higher but i don't think i really watched the movie much till i was around 10 ish or so but love this movie based off cartoon that i was obsessed with as a kid based off a comic book series that i've never read to this day still but yeah, what was a comic book turned into a kid's TV show in 1990 turned into a movie. I'm talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I still to this day love this movie. I, this movie just, I love going back and watching. This one never gets old. This is the, definitely of those three movies that came out in the early 90s, the good one. The others, this was definitely the most violent one because in the other ones, they cheapen the violence big time. They don't draw their weapons. And yeah, it's just, it, they go more cheeseball humor and just everything gets cheesy at the sequels. But this one, I think overall still holds up. It's, it's great. a gritty 90s movie with the it's Ninja great. Turtles. It, I mean, I'm surprised I got to watch this at age 10 or something whenever I did. Well, it's one of those, it's probably just one of those parental oversights where it's like, it's Ninja Turtles. He's a kid. Yeah, you can watch it. And then sitting down, I'd be like, this is pretty dark for a kid's movie. I remember once um, I was watching it with mom and I knew a part coming up. There was a part coming up where Michelangelo was going to take the Lord's name in vain. God, I love being a turtle! So I tried to cover it up just by saying gosh really loud. Thinking that would work. <laughs> and I remember mom going, Jordan! And our dad's in like his office in the next room. What? What'd he do? <laughs> gosh! <laughs> uh, so funny. <laughs> but yeah, 
Yeah, loved it so much though. Yeah, some of my favorite scenes to this day. April's apartment fight scene. Like first, I like Raphael's fight with him and the foot soldiers on the roof, and then they throw him through the skyline, and then it's all of them fighting, and the end fight. Just great stuff. I mean, it's great because he gets yeah. I love that because he gets ambushed, and then they're like getting their ass. And you're like, "Where's Raph?" And then he comes crashing through. Yeah, he's like, "Oh no!" Great sequence though. Yeah, this was the highest highest grossing independent film until the Blurry Widget Project came out in 1999. That's so cool. Which it was also the last theatrical film that Jim Henson was associated with too, because I think a month and a half after it was released is when he he died damn so but i also love the score of this movie it's so like dark and got some like hey knock it out it's got some rock stuff in it i don't, I, I don't know I, sometimes i go back it's on spotify i go back and listen to the score of this film and it's it's so good so good but yeah this is one some theaters need to play this because i have never seen this in theaters i would love to see this on the big screen that would be pretty sweet but it's one i think overall holds up and you got sam rockwell before he was sam rockwell yeah <laughs> he yeah. even has a few yeah. lines in it he's one of the main thugs yeah. <laughs> so great though so great so funny anyway that is my that's my number five there teenage mutant ninja turtles okay Oh, and real quick, CGI turtles don't hold up against Jim Henson's turtles. Yeah, yeah. I never even watched that second one. I haven't either, still. But they brought in Casey Jones, but I'm just like, eh, no thanks. The first one was, eh, it was okay. Yeah. Well, the first of my top five I included, and I'm kind of bunching in the first two. I'm just going to say that takes up spot number five because this is a movie that was specifically marketed directly to me you know as a child growing up came out in 2001 oh i think i know you know and it's just like you know some of it like i said like a lot of these like came out as i was growing up but some of them were just like you know like legacy movies like you know robin hood and stuff like that but this movie was like blitzed to my child brain they're like hey take your child to see this hey kids tell your parents and freaking jeffrey katzenberg got into my brain because we got we went and saw shrek in theaters with i think dad maybe mom definitely kylie and i but i just remember like this like it was one of those movies that i'm just like whoa blew me away cutting edge animation at the time mm-hmm character acting you know from mike myers like i don't even think i'd actually no there's no way you would have you know that's probably like the first thing i knew mike myers from and then i think the second one would probably have been um not austin powers it probably would have been wayne's world wayne's world 
Wayne's World, you know. But damn, I mean, this movie blew everybody away, but especially me as a child, like, loved this movie. I mean, even the sequel. After that, I can't really attest. I don't remember ever watching the third, fourth, or possibly a fifth one. But I watched Shrek 1 and I've watched Shrek 2 a lot. And those movies still at least hold up. Yeah, the animation doesn't look as good, but especially the second one. The second one story is hilarious and it's such a perfect sequel. Yeah, the first two are classic. The third was okay and I never saw the fourth. I think I stopped into the fourth though. Yeah, but I mean, Shrek, iconic movie. People still talk about it. I mean, it literally had its 20th anniversary this year. So crazy. So I had to put it on the list because great movie holds it up. Like Shal and I have watched both of them in this past year. Very cool. Great. All right. So number four for me. This came out in 1991. I remember our parents took Lauren and I to see it, and we were, shall I say, hooked on it. Rufia. Rufio. That's right. My number four, the movie Hook, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Robin Williams. It's kind of funny because you hear Steven Spielberg says this is one of his movies. Like, this is probably in all the movies he's directed in his bottom five. He's not a big fan of this movie, but my gosh, yeah, Lauren and I were obsessed with this movie. It's one of those things again. Probably got the following year for Christmas, and we watched the shit out of this movie. We loved it so much. Uh, yeah, everything. Yeah. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. Still one of those like feast scenes that I always was so jealous of when I watched when they were just like having the imagination feast and they would just start the big old food fight. Just delicious you know? food everywhere. Like yeah, when you just fight. see that, I'm like, that's one of those like movie shots. I'm like, oh my God, I want to eat all of that. Yeah. Oh, so good though. Again, because you know, we'd seen the cartoon over the years several times. So the movie came out and yeah, just blown away by this. this is our first introduction to Robin Williams. And yeah, I don't have to say other than just how how much fun we had always watching it, especially I loved the treehouse in Neverland, the Lost Boys Treehouse Fort areas, like their own Ewok village. Love that so much. Yeah, anything that had like cool inventions or tree houses and stuff like that i was i was like all fascinated with i love that kind of stuff as a kid uh family robinson yeah but yeah so much fun and again too that's one of those first early movies where as a even a young kid i recognized what a good score could do to a movie and john williams score is definitely memorable the main theme of going to neverland you know time since i've seen that movie uh so good i watched it i think last year i watched it again last year just to watch it and oh my gosh so much fun everything just but uh yeah that's my number four hook okay all right trying to think favorites i guess favorite scene for me in that movie is the battle scene at the end love that stuff battle scene figuring out that the glenn close who played the live action Corello DeVille and 101 Dalmatians was the 
pirate that gets thrown in the in the uh, the box. Oh, is she? Yeah, <laughs> never knew that. I don't know if I did either. But okay, the boo, the boo box. I know that that the boo scene, box. That's that what scene, it's called. That scene used to give me like creeps as a kid because I mean, you get thrown in a box and scorpions dropped in there with you. Ugh, ugh. No thanks. No, no thanks. thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, my number four is like, oh man, this might be one of my favorite. I mean, excluding Pixar, I think this is my favorite straight up Disney animated movie. And it's the one that technically failed Disney because it didn't do well, or I don't remember exactly, but it just didn't do what they wanted it to do. Oliver and Company? What? Oliver and Company? No. No, this was after that. Failed Disney. But oh, I think I freaking know okay. And I did rewatch this one this past year because, hot damn, this movie holds up so well. But Atlantis: The Lost Empire came out in two thousand one, also celebrating twenty years this year. Wow! Like it's and holy shit, this. I love this movie, and I think to a lesser extent, they also put out a movie called Treasure Planet, which is essentially just Treasure Island, but in space. Mm-hmm. That came out pretty close together, and I think I love these movies because they're on, there's only two Disney movies that are animated like it, and it's Atlantis the Lost Empire and Treasure Planet. They have a very similar like art style that Disney never used again, but I loved it so much. And Atlantis the Lost Empire holds up and that movie goes hard like yeah it's funny it's for kids but by the finale when everybody's kind of like fighting tommy lee jones or i think he pays the, the main bad guy is it, isn't that Michael like, J. this Fox movie goes hard it it gets pretty messed up at the end i i gotta say i don't think i've ever seen this to this day you i mean michael j fox is the main character jordan like you it's on Disney Plus. I guarantee you, if you watch this, you would have a great time. Like great it time. is a great movie, but it gets it's dark. And that's also why the reason I still love it so much. See, darkness can be good. But I, that's that's the thing about a lot of stuff we've mentioned. A lot of these movies have their dark moments in them. And but it's good though, because I don't know it, it's good for kids to get like a little scared or nervous, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's another thing. It's probably because it helps them age well. Because you're like, okay, it's not just like, ha 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 ha. No, it's, yeah. Well, I mean, Lost learn... Empire like is a masterclass animated. Movie. Right. Well, I think kids gotta learn early too. That the world is not all rainbows and unicorns. Like stuff happens out there in the world. You know, life doesn't always go as planned, and yeah, stuff can get dark. And yeah, so hey, when you revisit some of these, okay. What's that? And he's like, and I'm like, hey, that's okay. Sometimes you're yeah. looking for the lost city of Atlantis, and sometimes half, like almost a thousand people die in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. I'll have to watch this sometime. But, oh man, so good. Jordan, I would definitely recommend you checking it out. Okay. I'll have to do that. All right. So, getting down, top three here. So, my number three. Oh, this has to, if we haven't had crossover yet, right? No, I don't think we've had crossover yet. I'll be surprised if this one is not on your list. My number three came out in 1993 at the age of 10. Saw it in theaters. 
and once again just instantly fell in love just everything the music the story everything about it my number three is the sandlot Woo. Woo. classic classic movie but you know kid moves into a new neighborhood doesn't have any friends he's kind of a loser one kid believes in him while others don't but you know he's got still has the one kid that believes in him and the whole movie is just about his summertime in 1962 yeah it's a great coming of age story i think and so much fun it's got some iconic moments in it one of my favorite scenes in it is just them trying to get the ball back the babe ruth ball trying to get that back from over the fence the whole sequence is just great from trying things like vacuum cleaners to erector sets just so great yeah. It's got a lot of actors that we didn't know who they were or maybe not didn't know quite who they were at the time, like Dennis Leary. Um, I can never remember her name, but the gal that plays Miriam in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, as well as the voice of Darth Vader. Oh, my God. Is Miriam his mom? Yeah. Oh, my God. I never knew that. I never realized that. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah. James Earl Jones, though, too. Yeah, the voice of... Mufasa and Vader. So Which good. I remember dad saying that his, that's the voice of Vader, thinking like, no way. That is not. That's not Vader. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> oh, such a great movie, though. So many classic scenes. Great soundtrack, too. Another funny scene is when they all do chew and they go on the ride at the amusement park and they're throwing up everywhere. What an amazing, like, dumb shit, like, child thing to do. It's like, yeah, we're going to be tough. Oh, yeah, I got real chew like major leaguers do. And then they all just vomit everywhere. So great. So great. And you got the pool scene. That's classic. (laughs) Also, cool treehouse, you know, once again, a cool treehouse. And also, cool gadgets with the erector sets and stuff. But yeah. I mean, classic, you're killing me, Smalls line. Like, I don't know anybody who doesn't know that. Yeah. Or play ball. Play ball. <laughs> hey, your sister's kind of hot. Is that your sister? Strike. Right? What? What? I'm just trying to have a conversation. God. Think she'll go out with me. That's <laughs> uh, so <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, t- in 1993, too, this, for me, too, this also had like Wonder Year vibes. The Wonder Years was just coming to an end or maybe going into his last season. So, you know, a show that took place in the late 60s, early 70s with all the classic music that I used to love watching with our parents. This movie, you know, you're going back to 1962. Again, classic music. So, I don't know. This is a movie I don't watch as often as I should anymore, but I still go back pretty frequently and watch The Sandlot. It's It never gets old. It never does. Might be Until number three on this list. It might be a top ten of all time. I would say safe bet, top 10 of all time. Top five of all time, probably, but I'd have to think about it. Yeah, but that's my number three. Okay, all right. So my top three, I had a really hard time because I'm like, for like emotional reason, like there's so many of them like, oh, I want this above that. I want this above that. I just kept trying to snap and I just kind of like settled. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go this route. Like it's technically the safe route, but I'm like, I couldn't decide, but especially because this is quintessential childhood as well, because we got a, you know, when I was little mom and I would go to the library a lot, you know, she, she loved to read. So she would always, when I went, she'd usually get a movie or, you know, something for me. 
Um, and I just remember she introduced me to the Muppets and we watched a ton of the original Muppet show. Cause we'd get that from the library. But I remember like for a while, like once a week, mom would, we would go and she would get a new Muppet movie. And we just like, I pretty much watched every single one, just getting it week after week from the library. Classics. But the one I put on my list is like, not even the Muppet movie, but the I put in the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> this is probably the best one of the classics. You know, uh, I wish they'd played in theaters more. I saw the original Muppet movie like in theaters a couple years ago. I've seen ago. both of those ones in theaters. And yeah, it's so much fun to go see old Muppet movies in theaters. But I love the Muppets. I still love the Muppets. It wasn't even until this past year that I watched the Jason Siegel Muppet movie though, because I was so afraid. So I'm like, I love it so much that I just don't know what a modern Muppet movie. They're going to screw it up. Yeah, essentially. So I just didn't watch it. And then I remember I watched it this year. I'm like, holy shit, this is a love letter to everybody that loves these characters. And I was so happy. I saw it obviously so many years late. I like, I like when properties do that or when they take but care it of it was It was a loving, like for people who love the Muppets, it was being like, hey, I get you. And I love the Muppets and I loved that movie. And the Muppets Take Manhattan is, again, the best classic one. I mean, it's got the rats. They're in New York. Like, it's just, it's so much fun. And it's just like everything I love about the Muppets in that movie. The rats crack me up. They're still so They're always my favorite. Yeah, same. And I don't even think they're in the first movie. I don't think so either. So I think they come in in the second movie, which is why it's above the first movie, because the rats. I just remember him. I don't but think it was just... Take Manhattan is my number three. Nice. All right. Moving on here. Top two. All right. So number two for me came out in 1985. This instantly became one of my favorite films. I didn't see it until probably like late 80s, but uh, our grandmother had this on VHS and I would watch the shit out of it either at her house or take it home with me. I love this movie so much. This character would, would go on and have his own show on TV. And yeah, I would uh, just love this movie. I love the, all the adventure. Uh, I should give a hint. <laughs> love the adventure. Just everything to um, the music in this movie. I'm talking Pee-wee's Big Adventure. About a man and his quest to find his bicycle. Yeah, starring Paul Rubens. Yeah, I so what's kind of funny about this is later became a huge fan of Tim Burton with his, you know, Batman films, Edward Scissorhands, Ed Wood, Sleepy Hollow, you name it. Little did I know that I've been a fan of Tim Burton way longer than I thought. Because when I figured out that he was the director of Pew's Big Adventure, holy shit. Obviously, as a kid, you just don't pay attention to the credits. His most mainstream movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Not probably not. Obviously, Batman. Batman or Nightmare for Christmas, but yeah probably night before christmas but uh yeah Pee-wee's big adventure god did i love this movie so much as a kid i mean it's just so much fun like this guy just big adult child had this like sweet room with all these cool toys he'd go down his like fire pole and go from being his pjs to fully dressed he had a freaking sweet ass breakfast machine real quick here Danny Elfman. For, for shits and giggles. Yeah, this is how good Danny Elfman's music was. So Tim Burton and Paul Rubens, you know, he was a part of a band called Unga Boingo. They're like, we need this guy to do our movie. Danny Elfman had never scored a movie before. 
let's just take a watch and a listen here. Uh, can you hear it? Yeah. Again, I just love gadgetry like this. So as a five-year-old, I'm like, holy shit, this guy's got a machine that makes him breakfast? Look at this. This is amazing. <laughs> that one breakfast suit takes up the whole house. What's that? I said that one breakfast machine takes up the whole house. <laughs> Worth it if it makes you breakfast every morning. <laughs> but yeah, Danny Elton's music, just so iconic. And he's obviously went on to just fantastic scores. I mean, it's it's so crazy <laughs> that fish out his window, giant ass toothbrush. <laughs> what were you saying there? I mean, it's so crazy to know that that was the, his first scoring job. It was just in a band. People were like, yeah, yeah, you got this. Orange juice. All right, but yeah. It was a big adventure. I, there's so many great moments in that movie, though. You know, when he's on his adventure, that, you know, like you talked about, you like stop motion animation. When he has a dream about that stop motion animation dinosaur eating his bicycle, to the clown dream that is like scary as shit, to even the, the large Marge scene is iconic and scary as shit, too. Like, as a kid, you're just like, whoa. What? She was dead the whole time? What? Well, it's just like so creepy the way she's just driving. It's quiet. Just it's the, also, way, the way she talks as... is so creepy. Especially as a kid, like, yeah, definitely like a fun horror trope that's been around for forever. But for a lot of kids, that's the first time you're seeing something like yeah. that, too. Well, and then when her face explodes. It looked like this. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like this. <laughs> <laughs> large March sent me. Oh, great. Yeah, large She's been sent dead me. for 30 years. Dead. Uh so great though but yeah i i watched the shit out of this movie so much it stuck with me i still like to go back and watch it sometimes it's so much fun and yeah tim burno i mean what a great start i think for a director composer i mean it was just the right the right people coming together at the right time to kind of make lightning in a bottle but yeah and i always wanted his bike as a kid too like he's got the coolest bike ever it yeah shoots out rockets smoke rockets the handlebar pops off if somebody tries to grab it from the side <laughs> It, I'm pretty sure it has an oil slick. Yep, yep. <laughs> so great, though. Ah, so so great. All right. Well, that's my number two, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay, my number two is just a classic because I had to put this up here because this is probably the movie that I watched the second most amount in my entire life. Definitely in my childhood, though. It might have even like watched it more than my number one, but. We've talked about this so many times on the show, but my number two is Toy Story. Came out, what, 1994, like the year I was born. So I obviously didn't see it in theaters, but it was one that we had around. And this movie just, it was so good. It's still good. I think it still holds up that we had it on vhs and like you said like you like you've told me in the past you like yeah like i didn't watch as much as you guys but it seemed like every time i walked in the room you guys were watching toy story yeah, yeah it was, was just like a period of time where it part. sure felt like that 
It was really hard. I wanted, like, I tried to kind of balance it out because I didn't want just like overloaded Disney or Pixar because I also really wanted like um, Bugs Life because I also watched that movie all the time as a kid. It's one of the ones that we owned. That's a great one. You know, but Toy Story is just like obviously the first Pixar movie. It's just like when they're flying high and then they even somehow make it better in two and three. Yeah, and t- technically, I was, I was, this could fall into the category of zero through 12 for me. But since it came so, so far at the end and it wasn't till like be- years beyond that that I watched it over and over, I left it off the list. Otherwise, this might have been on my list too. This movie is just all time classic. I love it. I mean, going back and seeing it in theaters for the 25th anniversary last fall was just amazing. Loved yeah, it so much. Awesome. But yeah, it, it's one that I can quote pretty pretty good too would you knock it off <laughs> i can quote it pretty good too um great i mean score, it's so, great, just, great songs it's so for- charming it's so good that like i told you a while ago, i think it was like two years ago at this point you know where i told you just like one day i'm like yeah maybe well i don't know maybe like a year ago but i just remember i came I, it was while we were doing the show and i'm like yeah like shala and i just decided hey let's watch the first toy story and then after the first one we're like Let's watch the second one. Now, for the second one, I'm like, all right, let's just watch the third one because it's just like boom, boom, boom. And, and by the end of the third, you're like, <laughs> yeah, inconsolable. <laughs> but it's just like, it's yeah, so that scene damn still good. Gets me. And I still think the fourth one's pretty good. But I think the, like, the trilogy is like the top, the highest peak of Pixar. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, just that line alone. So long, partner. And you're just like, <laughs> damn. It just is such a great story. Such great characters. And so groundbreaking awesome. first time, too. I remember everybody in school talking about Toy Story. Like, holy shit, did you see Toy Story? This movie fucking is amazing. This is the most amazing thing. And now I know my toys watch me while I sleep. Yeah. Like, sleeping at night. Like, okay, it's my Lego. All right. I'm, I'm watching you guys. Watching you, <laughs> yeah. Toy Story number two for me. All right, well, number one for me should probably be no surprise to anybody. <laughs> we'll go on. Came out in 1990. I once saw this in theaters, probably begged to go see it again a couple times in theaters. Fell in love with it instantly. There was in my eyes, never seen anything like it before. I was just blown away, loved every second of it. I'm talking Home Alone. Die Hard for Children. Die Hard for Kids is right. And then are, are we surprised? But anyway, yeah. I got. I remember getting this on VHS and I watched it. I mean, I would watch this one year round. Every month, basically. Year round. Didn't care if it was middle of summer. Loved it so much. But yeah. Directed by Chris Columbus. Written by John Hughes. Of course, it's got that iconic John Williams score which to this day is still just a magical score, which just makes the movie timeless. But yeah. Well, especially for that era, especially like that 80s, 90s, like it's more 80s than anything. But damn, John Hughes, Christopher, Chris Columbus. Yeah, and well, you think too, this could have been an easily thrown away kid movie, but it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And yeah, what was the icing on the cake that just made it come together and make it timeless was that John Williams score.
that just made it so great. But yeah, yeah, I watch this movie all the time. Still watch it every single every single holiday season. Can I at least watch the first one, but most of the time, every Christmas, we watch both of them. Yeah, I usually do too. I would have had the second one on the list probably, but I didn't want two Home Alones on the list, so I left the second one off. But yeah, Home Alone one, all time classic. Got so many just great funny moments in it. Just Joe Pesci and and uh, Daniel Stern are hilarious as, as Marv and Harry. <laughs> They're just so good. <laughs> the trap sequence, of course, as a kid, I was just obsessed with that shit. Like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, if my like, parents you know, leave, yeah, as a kid growing up, you're like, I wish my house would get broken into so I could teach these guys a lesson. Exactly. No, I would fantasize about that kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah, no, if mom and dad want to go away, I don't need to go to the grandparents' house and stay there for a week. I know how to defend the house. I've seen Home Alone enough. I've taken notes. Uh, so good, though. But yeah, this is Home Alone, number one movie from childhood. Love it, love it, love it, love it. To this day, it never gets old. Yeah, Home Alone is my number one. Very nice. Well, it looks like we only had one crossover, Jordan, because my number one was your number three, four, five. I think it is number three. Yeah, so my number one was The Sandlot. Sure, it didn't come out when I was a child. It came out well before that. But I just, the reason I put this on there, because every, I don't know why I never owned it as a kid. I don't, it would have been a worthy investment. Would have watched it all the time. Yeah. You know, obviously I didn't have any money because I was a child but I don't know why our parents never bought it for us. Cause if you liked it so much and I liked it so much, why didn't, why wasn't there a copy in the house? I don't know. Cause I bought it myself eventually on DVD and then replaced that eventually down the road on with Blu-ray. Cause it's a must own. Yeah. But I still remember just every time we'd go over to our cousin's house, Justin, who he had Sandlot on DVD. So every time we were over there, I'd ask to borrow. Then every time I'd see him, I'd give it back. Then every time I was over there again, I'd ask for it again. You know, I just watched this. And like, when I finally got my own copy, I watched it constantly. Like I would watch, I watched this movie more than any other movie in my entire life to date. I'm still pretty sure that that holds because I've just watched it countless times that I don't even know how many times. For me, that's definitely Home Alone. I think Home Alone. I mean, it's one of the few movies that I could literally just play in my head because I've just watched it so many times because it's classic. Yeah, it's coming of age. Like, it's a bunch of friends. Like, it's just, it's great. I just, I love coming of age movies. It's a trope that always works for me, but it doesn't even have like that, like, more modern take on it. It just, it's it's great. It's a bunch of friends. Like, it's a perfect film. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It is. It's great. It, it's, you're right. It's perfect. Like, it's just, yeah, fun little things like it's and I love it because it's not like like yeah, it is a little bit of an overarching but that's like them getting the baseball back is like only like half of the movie. The other half like the front half of the movie is them just getting to know each other and just doing things that you would do with your friends. Right. Well, I like about it too is while it centers around baseball, baseball definitely takes a back seat to the rest of, you know, the movie's about friendship. Yeah. And that's they bonded over baseball. They do baseball a lot in the movie, but they also go to the water park. They also go to a <laughs> Wendy carnival. Like it's just, it's it's great because you're right. It isn't about baseball. It's about friendship. 
You know. I think that's why so many kids like of all ages can just relate to it. When you watch that as a kid, you totally relate to it. Like, hey, my friends and I used to do something similar to that. Like, we used to walk down to the store and get candy or get in trouble and like, oh, shoot, we don't want the parents to find out about this. We got to cover it up somehow or, you know, save our butts. Exactly. Like, oh, shit, I screwed up. I, I messed something up that my, my stepdad found really important. Oh, you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling of like, oh, my gosh, they're going to kill me yeah it's it's great it's it's a per it's super relatable still you know it's just it is a timeless movie at least it feels like a timeless movie until like 20 years from now people are like what's baseball no one plays that anymore yeah baseball Tucker. all right i put sandlot as my number one just because it's still probably my most watched movie ever it's only one crossover though i thought we'd have two or three for some reason for some reason, I really thought you were going to put Toy Story, but it makes sense why you didn't. No, because if we if we did like favorite movies in between like 13 and 19 or something, that'd probably be on there. I mean, yeah. I had some honorable mentions that I was just going to rattle off real quick. Yeah, go ahead. But I had my some of my honorable mentions are Cool Runnings. Oh, nice. Um, Spy Kids. I was surprised that wasn't on your list, actually. It almost made it, but I like, kept like waiting these exciting factors are like, well, what if I like the just the, we'll put a lot of them over the edge because I like I said I rewatched a lot of them more recently, and like the ones that still hold up, I just like bumped up to bump some other stuff out. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it still holds up because it's actually a good movie. But Spy Kids, uh, Spy Kids didn't make it. Uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Didn't quite make it. When you were about to say Atlanta or whatever, I thought you were going to say Emperor's New Groove. It was close. I watched that movie a lot as a kid. Or Atlantis. Uh, And I also rewatched that earlier this year and it still was great. Um, Lilo and Stitch. Oh, yeah. And I did put Monsters, Inc. Just because I... I didn't want to load it up with Pixar. Like I said, like I could have loaded this up with 100% Disney and Pixar if uh, I wanted to. Yeah. Toy Story 1 Because when two. they were turning out the classics, I was a child. Yeah, Toy Story 1 and 2, Bugs Life, Incredibles. Monsters, Inc. just celebrated 20 years this year, too. So crazy. You know, so I, I wanted to, but I'm like, I didn't want to make it too Disney slash Pixar heavy. Yeah, I get that. But, oh, and another one I wrote down was Agent Cody Banks the oh, frankie muniz like spy movies because oh, because I, I had agent cody it had frankie muniz who i loved from home alone or not home alone malcolm in the middle and it also had hillary duff my childhood crush oh yeah i remember getting daniel child or a uh, hillary duff calendar for i don't know what birthday it was but when he was a young was you got me lad. one every year for a really long time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right so yeah some honorable mentions here for me i got on our own almost made the top 10 list this is a movie about four kids that travel from los angeles across a couple state lines to go try to find their uncle because their mother just died they don't want to be separated so their goal is to stay together so they try to go find an uncle oh damn i remember that space camp (laughs) you know i never actually watched that movie classic movie it's got a super young joaquin phoenix in it as well as uh, leah thompson and kelly preston <laughs> three ninjas almost made the list a christmas story which is another classic christmas movie that i love the jungle book home alone 2 lost in new york 
So here's this almost made the list, but I couldn't because they're short films technically. So I was like, well, does this really count as movies? I was going to almost cheat and do a 12-way tie. I would have made it like number 10 or something. Cheat and do a 12-way tie. But growing up, we used to watch this series all the time called McGee and Me, which were like, there's 12 of them and they're like little 28-minute short films. No, I remember those Christian movies. I'd watch them too. Yeah. Wait, there were like Christian movies, right? There were at least morals in it. I don't necessarily Centered know. Centered-based, yeah, morals-centered-based. But yeah, yeah, yeah but I remember. Those. I specifically remember the rock climbing one. Yeah. But yes, okay, McGee and me, totally. That makes so much sense. But I, remember... I wasn't sure if they counted though because they're 28 minutes apiece. So I was like, well. I... But know what that led me to, Daniel? So our grandma had half of these. I think she had like two thirds of them on VHS. There's a channel on YouTube specifically for McGee and me, and they have all 12 of them just sitting on YouTube. Nice. So you can it's probably just them. a license that nobody gives a shit about anymore. So you can kind of just. You're, not, you're like, you're not supposed to, but no one's going to stop. Oh, I you. watched the first two. He's got them in order listed. I watched the first two. <laughs> I think I've tried telling Shiloh about these. Maybe I'll have her watch one someday. Oh, gosh, they're hilarious. No, I, I used to love them, though. I had so much fun watching them as a kid. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't. But then Wallace and Gromit, again, I wasn't sure if that counted as, since they're 30 minutes. So some runner ups there. But yeah, good list, though. Good list. That was a fun one. And now yeah, I just want to rewatch all of these movies. Well, I know, not same. all of them. Oh, I really want to watch the big one. I feel like rewatching that is Chi Bang Bang for some reason. I would check that out again because it's been years. Or the 1990 Turtles. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that one a lot. All right, well, let's wrap it up here, Daniel. Where can they find us? They can find us online on movies underscore brews on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what your favorite childhood movies are. Yes. Uh, thank you, everybody, for downloading the show. If you like it, share it with others. It helps the show grow. And we'll talk to you next time on Booze and Brews. Cheers. Cheers.